Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of this podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, my husband, Steve. Can I, can I do the Simply Living for Him intro? Sure. Hi there, and welcome <laughs> to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Steve DeBuse, <laughs> and I'm here today with my special guest, Karen DeBuse. He's making fun of me. Okay, so Steve is a little silly, as you can see, so it'll be fun to have him as a guest. But today, I asked him to join me for this episode because I wanted to talk about our journey from suburbia to hobby farm. Am I allowed to use that term, hobby farm? I think we're big enough or small enough to be <laughs> in the hobby farm category. Because when I first started calling our place a little farm or hobby farm, he would say to me, we're not really farmers. We're just make pretend. So, yeah. but I think now we can be officially at least hobby farmers, we like to call it. So anyway, most of you know, if you have been following me on the blog or the live videos or listening to this podcast, we moved to our dream house just about two years ago. It was November of 2014, and we moved out to the country from where we were living, and we bought what is really our dream property. It is everything and more that we could have wanted. And the, our journey to this house is really interesting, and it's all God, and you can read all about that on the blog, how we found this house and how we moved and all that exciting stuff and how we packed up a 26-foot U-Haul and that was all we brought with us to our new house. We were simplifying and you can read those posts when you go on the blog and find those. But really, we moved here um, from just your typical suburbia uh, neighborhood and people always say, Did, is this what you wanted? You know, or you always wanted to live in the country or you know, did you grow up on a farm, which is the furthest thing from where I grew up, and Steve. So I wanted to answer some of those questions and share with you all. I also have met people at conventions or at the retreat this summer, or some of you have emailed me, and you have told me that you're on the same journey or that you are hoping to move to the country or have the farm life. So I thought today we would answer some of those questions and share some of our stories about how we got here, what it's actually like, there's been some surprises or not, and really what we'll be looking for for the future for our little hobby farm. Now, if you don't know out there, we call our place Love's Farm. And the reason we call it Love's Farm, can I get sappy and tell everybody? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> when Steve and I met up until now, I can't really remember him ever calling me Karen and me calling him Steve. We always call each other Love. I don't know how that started or when it started, but that's all I ever remember is referring to him as Love. So if you're in our house, you will never hear me say, you know, Steve, come eat dinner. It's always Love, dinner's ready, right? We yep. don't ever refer to each other as Steve or Karen. Now, Unless we're in public. I was going to say, if we're in public, like if you see me at one of the conventions, I'm probably going to call him Steve because it just sounds funny out in public to say love. But I probably will call her love because <laughs> it's just something I do. It's a, now you sound a hard habit to break. Me. Well, anyway, so most of the time is where we refer to each other as uh, 
love. I wouldn't even probably look if he said Karen because it would surprise me. So anyway, we've always called each other that. And when we moved here, I was saying, oh, we need to name our place. We need to have a little name for our little farm. And we went through a whole slew of names. And we were asking the kids and we were sort of bouncing different ideas. And one day... I said, I think we should call it Love's Farm because we always call each other love. And really, our vision for this place is to share God's love with other people. Um, anybody who comes here, that is what we would hope, that they would come to know God's love from what we do here and from getting to know us. So what better name is there than Love's Farm? Now, the kids did not like that idea. Do you remember? I was going to say that. The kids weren't <laughs> too happy with Love's Farm. I forget what the other ones were that they wanted, but... Oh, we had like Dutch Acres and yeah. Windmill something. I don't know. Steve is Dutch, and so we were having some names like that. But when we came up with Love, I really felt that was such a great idea. I could just picture it, and yeah, the kids didn't like it. They were like, oh, that's what you want to call it. All right. But finally, we just said, no, that's that's what we're doing. I said, I pay the mortgage. I <laughs> So anyway, that's how Love's Farm came about. I have a blog post all about that as well on Simply Living for Him. But anyway, so yeah, before we bought this place, um, we were living in, like I said, a typical suburbia neighborhood. We had been married back in 2000, and we bought our first house, I think, a year after we were married. And when we grew up, I grew up in right about nine miles outside of New York City, and Steve as well. We grew up in towns very close to each other. His was a lot more city-ish than mine. Mine was more of a town. Yeah, but the you know, houses were all closer together. Yeah, the, you, could, you could shake hands with the neighbor through his window, yeah, probably, for the next door house. But we did have a lot, like for our area, we did have a lot of, like, we'll say property. We had a very long driveway, and I can always remember my grandfather always had a big, sizable garden. Mm -hmm. when we were growing up so i always remember that they had a little area my grandfather had a little area in the back where he gardened mm -hmm. um so maybe that was like the introduction to the farm life so to speak mm -hmm. and um, your little urban farm then yeah garden. and our next door neighbor who always yes. helps us um our next door neighbor uh, stacy who i live next door to always had a garden and she still comes up to our house now and helps us plant and um gets the stuff in the ground and she comes up with my mom and my mom helps out so it's uh so maybe that's where the seed was planted for the gardening i wasn't really into it growing up though okay so we both grew up in areas that were just i would describe as city-ish town right right so then when we got married we moved a little further west and we uh thought we were living the high life we had a great big backyard 0.1 right. acres and we thought it was huge, right? Yes. And I stood in the backyard when we first moved in. We only had one child at the time. My daughter Grace was just one year old. And I said, oh my goodness, this is our yard. This is where we're going to live. So to us at that time, it did feel like we were moving more to the country. But yet, looking back, it was really still suburbia and um, you know sidewalks and neighbors all around. And just a typical subdivision development um, in suburbia and several years in while living there you know we did have a garden there we did enjoy that and several years in we started getting antsy i think for more property or 
you know, I love Little House on the Prairie, and I always say I'm a Little House on the Prairie girl at heart, and I wanted to be Ma and have my chickens, and I wanted to, uh, you know, live that kind of simple life. So we had the idea that we wanted more property, and maybe, you know, in our dream world was like a little farm. But I don't think I ever thought it would actually happen. I thought it was just something that was sort of in my mind, you know, this little dream. I didn't know. What about you? Did you think we'd actually do it? Um, I didn't know what God had planned for us. Um, but I know that at the time, like, we had started experimenting with the small garden in the back. And, you know, we had stuff going on there. So, um, And so I knew that I always wanted to make that bigger. But by making it bigger, we would be taking up more space in the yard and eventually we would run out of space so um and then we had had the idea of if we could grow more food how could we share that with other people so yeah like when we first had our garden i remember saying wouldn't it be awesome if we could have a big enough garden where we could grow enough food and veggies that we could have almost like a ministry where we could i thought of it as like a garden food pantry where we could give food away and have kind of a ministry and that idea stuck in my head but in the garden we had in our little suburbia house that really wouldn't have been possible i mean it was big for the area but it wasn't you know it wasn't a hobby farm so we started not really seriously looking at houses we would you know just look kind of what's out there and it was really a dream for a couple of years i would say before we kind of got serious with actually um, hooking up with a realtor friend of ours and going to see houses so the entire story of how we got here that's a whole nother thing and you can read all about that on the blog but we know that this house was planned for us by God. And I truly feel that those desires that were in our heart while we were still living in suburbia were God planting the seed to give us the desires of our heart, which were actually his desire for us. So we ended up here two years ago. Um, we have about three acres. We have a barn. And it's really unique because our property itself, the house that was here, was over 250 years old and that house burned down but they rebuilt the house and it's brand new and no one ever even lived in it for whatever reason so we have kind of a combination of an old property with an old barn we have a um, spring house out in our woods um, we have a lot of kind of old character things like that, but then yet the house is brand new. So that is really fun. Now, when we were looking, Steve and I were a little bit different. I wanted an open view. I wanted flat. I wanted fields. He wanted woods. And I would go to houses and there'd be a lot of trees around and woods and I didn't feel comfortable. And I had always dreamed that I wanted to be able to see the sunrise or the sunset from where I lived. I wanted to be able to look out my window and have just a beautiful view. Well, lo and behold, the sun rises in the front in my bedroom window and sets behind our house every night behind our barn. I couldn't ask for better views. But it's amazing how our property is exactly what both of us want we have we are surrounded by openness and fields but then yet there are woods but they're not too close to the house so we have a little bit of mix for steve with his woods and then we have the openness now when we moved in one of the first things we did was uh, 
make our garden. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about our garden? Uh, yeah, so we started our garden. It's nice because our garden is set back behind the barn. So when people come, like when we have our veggie stand, like when we're giving our fruit, uh, food away in the front, they'll pull up and they'll be like, where do you grow all this stuff? Well, it's all nice tucked back behind the barn and it's like the perfect place because it gets sun almost the entire day. So um, because it is open around the house, it gets sun a good portion of the day. So we started out the first year with raised beds. Um, unfortunately, our ground is kind of like clay. So once it gets wet, it gets all like muddy and slippery and, and gross and it packs together. So to plant in ground is kind of tough. Um, but uh, so we put raised beds in and I had some dirt trucked in and we filled the beds up and how big would you say our garden is i don't know how to how to measure how to say those things i thought maybe you did uh, how many beds do we have in there oh well, it's probably like around 50 60 feet wide by 50 feet wide maybe um around there maybe it's a little bigger than that um it's all we, fenced in, which was a great school project. I remember the day my mother-in-law came to help, and they dug the posts, and we got the fence up, and that was a really fun memory, actually, living here, because, you know, it's your dream, like, we're going to live in the country, and as homeschoolers, we're going to have these projects, and it really happened. We had a day where the kids helped, and everybody chipped in and built the fences around the garden and made the boxes and um you know it was just one of those moments where I was like this is what I dreamed of the kids you know their school is becoming their life and life is becoming school and it's all intertwined and they chipped in and helped and um we have a great big garden yeah, you're, you're doing math I can see in your head what are you trying to figure <laughs> you out you see the smoke coming out of my ears <laughs> I was, no, I was counting. That would be me was, with algebra. I was trying to figure out how many um, boxes we had the first year, and I think we had about five to start out, and they were all um, four by eight boxes, I think. Um, so, uh, like, I'm not a very techie guy, so, like, people always be like, what kind of stuff are you running on your computer? I, I really don't know. I just know that it needs to work. So people will be like, how big is your garden? How big is your boxes? Uh, I can rough estimate they're probably four by eight boxes or four by ten boxes, and we had five of them. Um, and now we have eleven, I think. We may even have more, more than, than that, that because we put in more. This year, it was someone gave us this big old uh, tractor tire, um, and oh, that's I, true. it was sitting around, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to throw some dirt in it and grow some tomatoes." So, you know, it just seems like like if I have wood or special like extra stuff laying around, recycle. I just make a box out of it, throw some dirt in it and you know see what we can grow in there if you guys don't know from following instagram or my facebook page or my blog steve is very handy there's always nothing no, i always say there's nothing he can't do he can build anything he can make anything he is he is made to live on a little farm he really is a farmer at heart and you know what i was talking about this late, uh, recently with somebody and i didn't tell you but um, we were talking about how our uh, some of our sons can be um, a little ADD maybe and a little bit all over the place. And Steve always jokes around and says that he was probably, is probably ADD and maybe would have been classified as that as a child. 
But here, like I noticed that Steve, I always say, cannot sit still. He is not happy unless he's working. So it's really channeling that that ADD almost that he really is always finding something to do. If he's not doing something in the garden, building something, he's woodworking. If he's not doing that, he's doing, I don't know, all kinds of projects around here. So he really is made to live on the farm. I remember when we first moved in and at night in our barn, the light would go on and he would go out to the barn and he'd say, oh, I'm just tinkering around. And for a month after we lived here, he was just tinkering around every night. And I was, I would laugh and say, I feel like Ma, a little house on the prairie. He's out tinkering in the barn. He was not just tinkering. He was making me uh, a surprise for Christmas that year. He made me a headboard out of wood that was left here, uh, like a barn, like a wooden Under fence, fence. Yeah. and made me a beautiful headboard for our bed that has... Um, a sign on it that says love. It's just beautiful. So yes, he is like the jack of all trades and he's always out there working. So it is the perfect place for him. And I can see that God really truly designed him to always be busy. And what better place to put him than on a little hobby farm? But I would say the way I go about things. Well, that's I'm another busy. story. I'm, I'm busy, but the way I go about things he is has probably not the no best rhyme way. or reason to his schedule. I can easily go out <laughs> in the morning and start one thing and be Go doing 17 thing. other things in the middle of the day. So one of the things that we have done, so, okay, so I told you about the garden. So that was one of the first things we did. Then we were here just about a year, and we got the chickens. That was last September. We got uh, 11 chickens. Ne like I said, we did not grow up this way, so this was all new to us. And another great homeschool project, family project, Steve project, they built a chicken coop for the chickens. Well, they built a chicken uh, uh, mansion for the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a chicken it's, house on wheels. It's, it's really cool. big and really nice, and it's... Uh, it's perfect. But so they, he did all that, figured out how to do it. And it was a great project. But again, we didn't grow up like this. My mom is like, where did you come from? Because she's like, we're not like this. We're city people. But I just had that desire to have, you know, the country life and to grow our food, to have the chickens, to really have our kids grow up this way. So the chickens came about a year when we were here. We raised them. Uh, we got them in September. So it was right before the winter which most people get them in the spring but it worked out fine they were in the garage for a little while and then we moved them out into the chicken coop they did well over the winter with no light no heat source um, and we got some really cold days and then in spring they it was just so amazing when that first egg came it was in February we were waiting like crazy and when that first egg came I think uh, all of you could probably hear me screaming because I was so excited to like, you know, we raised them from babies and they did what they're supposed to do. They did what God created them to do. It was a great lesson for all of us. And it was really, really um, like an accomplishment that we did this, that we weren't brought up this way, but we're living the dream. And now we have, well, we had 11 chickens. Should I tell them what happened? So we had 11 chickens, and then one day in the spring, 
uh, one of our chickens, I'm not going to, I'm going to spare you the gory details because she had an issue. It's called a prolapse. You can Google it. Um, but basically when she was laying her egg, the insides came out. So she was not doing well. She was basically bleeding to death and it was very sad and very horrible. And as people that aren't city, I mean, country people, we didn't grow up this way. We have to learn. So I had some wonderful help from people. Actually, one of my readers out there, I was able to message her and get advice. And basically the advice was you have to put the chicken out of its misery or she's just going to suffer a long, painful death. So Steve got to live the dream of hobby life, hobby farm life. And the indoctrination put, of being a farmer. And put the uh, chicken out of her misery. Now, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> something you never say, thought you'd do. I didn't think it was something I ever was going. I mean, I guess I figured eventually it was going to have to happen. I just didn't know it was going to have to be so soon. Yeah, because and they were not very old yet. No. Which was and a being, new layer. Being in a lot, a lot of the chicken like stuff was like so my advice is if you're thinking about chickens and you're going to get chickens or any kind of like duck guinea whatever just get it and you're going to learn as you go yeah that's what we did because we didn't know what we were doing if you wait to have like the perfect coop mm -hmm. and everything else or the perfect time it's just not going to happen so you, well, you want to be prepared just, and know yeah. what you're doing, but you, you, you do learn. You just have to do it. It's an on-the-job right. learning thing. So on-the-job learning. So I said to Steve, well, how are you going to do this? And he, I said, you don't know what you're doing. So you know what he says to me? He <laughs> says, now we have um, we have people on our road down the street that have um, lots of chickens. We see them out there. And I guess he had talked to the guy maybe once We before. drove by the one okay. day and the boys and I were talking to him. Okay, so they weren't really friends. They saw they met like once. So they have a lot of chickens and guineas and things like that running around their property. So he says to me, well, I'll take the chicken down to, I don't even know that we know his name. I, we think it's Dave. Okay, we'll take it to we think it's Dave's house. And I will ask him to show me what to do. I said, you're going to take the chicken with her insides half hanging out, dying down to this man's house and say, oh, hi, can you show me how to kill my chicken? And his response was, yeah, I'm sure everybody up here, he wouldn't mind. I'm sure that happens all the time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm sure he would have been fine with it. I, I'm I sure mean, it might have been a little bit weird, me showing up with no, the chicken. No, I was not allowing him place. to do that. But I'm sure he wouldn't have been like, oh, I just would have been like, I don't know what to do. Could you help me? And he'd say, yes, there's the stump and there's the axe. <laughs> well, anyway, Steve figured it out and it was fine. But, you know, we live in this little town of 1,800 people and I get it. He, people around here help each other and that's one of the things we love about small town living. Um, so I get his mindset was, of course, they'll help me and they'll show me what to do. But I was not prepared for him to show up there with our half-dead chicken. But anyway, things that you have to do when you're on the farm. Now, after we got the chickens, we, as they say, that's the gateway animal. They say once you have chickens, then other things start showing up. So we got ducks. Two ducks came shortly after that. We raised them, and they're adorable. I actually love the ducks. If you have a hobby farm out there, if you want to have a hobby farm, 
if you have any if you don't even room, you don't even need that much no, room. No, if you have ducks. any place to have ducks, I say get them. They're adorable and fun, and they follow you around, and they're so cute, and I love them. And they also lay eggs. So we get eggs from our chickens, and we get eggs from our ducks now. And our most recent addition was six guinea hens, or six guineas. We don't know if they're hens, but six guinea fowl. And um, we got them just a few months ago. We've already lost one of them, but it wasn't as tragic, or maybe it was even more tragic i don't know as what you had to do but (laughs) one morning the boys came in and said mom okay we had six guineas they said mom there's five guineas and a pile of feathers so a predator got one of the guineas up but we learned our lesson on how to make sure they're more secure now and they learned their lesson how to make sure they're more secure now because we after that happened they've been roosting up high so we have those are what we have right now everybody keeps saying when are you going to get a goat what's next a goat I wouldn't mind a goat, maybe, but no. Steve's saying no. So anyway, my daughter really wants a dog. I mean, who has a farm and doesn't have a dog? But we'll see. So <laughs> he's rolling his eyes. Okay, so anyway, if you're out there and you are interested in pursuing more of a farm life, country life, if that's a dream that you have, go for it, right? We are so blessed every day to be able to raise our kids this way. But you know, the cool thing is, even though we weren't raised this way, it's okay. We were able to learn and we are able to um, pursue our dream and our desires. And the one thing that we are doing, like we mentioned a little bit before with the garden food pantry is we are planning on even expanding our garden more next year. But we had like up about 50 almost tomato plants this year. And we had an abundance of um, almost too much at one point. Like we weren't able to keep up with it. We had a huge abundance. But it was a beautiful thing because we saw a smidgen of our dream come true with having this um, food available as a ministry to give away. So we would have the boys sit, or and my daughter sit outside with a little farm stand that we set up, nothing fancy, fancy, just a little table. And we would put a sign up that said free. And we wrote up little papers that said why we were doing this and made sure to share a little bit of the gospel on there, like to stick in the little bag so that they could maybe go home and read about it. But mostly just showing people without even really telling them that, you know, uh, with the Bible verse, but just showing them God's love, that we are sharing our abundance. Because somebody had said to me, you're not selling this? Like, who does that? And I said, no, it's just free. And they said, oh, well, you just have so much that you're giving it away. And I'm like, no, we planned it this way. We plan to grow this much to give away. And the looks on their faces was such a blessing to me because I realized that we were achieving our goal and our desire to share not anything about us, but God's love. Like I said to the people, you know, we just feel that God has blessed us with this property and this home and we want to give back and we want to share what we have because we know in the end that none of this belongs to us and it all belongs to him. And we hope that just, you know, seeing that people are um, sharing what they have, that people would see God in that. So next year, we're praying that Love's Farm will get even more um, abundance. And you can read about our little hobby farm actually on loves.farm. We haven't updated it much lately, but mm-hmm. you can read about it there and you'll see pictures and what we're doing. Did you the have next thing might be the greenhouse if we build. Yeah, Steve actually, as of today, is working on building some sort of greenhouse 
What do you well, call those it? are just the run to oh, keep okay. the plants. No, but like I mean, like a big. Oh, thing. okay. He's got plants. I got plants that are up here. See, he's always learning. He's always he's always. That's pursuing. the thing. If you're gonna ever do anything, you can learn anything on the internet. That's like, right. Mom, Pa Ingalls couldn't learn on Google, but we no, can. <laughs> no, gotta or ask, YouTube. <laughs> gotta ask Mr. Russ's name. Mr. Edwards. Mr. Edwards. I'd ask him, but I asked Mr. Google and youtube and you can find out how to do anything whether it's raise the chickens the ducks build a coop whatever yeah ask us we're more than happy absolutely to share we're not experts but we're learning and we have our experiences now to share and like i said you don't have to grow up this way we did not grow up this way but we know that god gave us this desire and there is I mean, every day still, it doesn't get old. I walk outside and I still say to Steve, I can't believe we live here. It feels like we're on vacation all the time. Like I don't need to go on vacation because I just want to be at my house. It's like we're on vacation all the time. And life is short and it goes by quickly. And I knew when we were living before that I didn't want to just go that route because that's what was comfortable and easy. I wanted to step out and pursue the desires that I felt that were God's. Now, if they are God's will for you, if those desires are God's will, it will happen and it will work out. So if you're out there and you are, so many people have said to me, oh, I want that, I want to do that. Pray about it and seek his will. His will might be that you're going to live in the city. I mean, that's, I don't know what God's will is for you, but I believe that if his will is, um, if he has placed that desire in your heart for a farm, then keep seeking him and he will see it through. There are so many benefits to the family. What would you say, Steve, are some of the benefits? That I just want to say something. Oh, if, okay. If you want a farm and you live in the city, I would say don't let that stop you because there are people who are making farms in yeah, the city urban farms. and yeah, like urban farming and stuff like that. Like they're getting property for like dollars and then they're farming on it and they're helping people in the city. So that's right. Maybe yeah. that's where God puts you. If you put it on your heart to be a farmer and he put you in the city and you are in a place where you don't think you can ever get out of the city. Well, then there's a mission field right Absolutely. around you. Absolutely, That's a great um, point. You're so smart. Um, So, um, and the other thing is that uh, if you are planning on, like, you want a farm and you see, it seems like, you know, you're praying about it and God's not putting it in, um, out there for you to make that happen, then I would say the key is to wait on him Mm -hmm. and his timing and he has a plan for you and when, uh, he's going to have that happen. And like I said, you may be praying for a farm uh, in the country and he may be saying, I put you here, make your farm here, plant your seed here and uh, watch it grow here and help the people around you. So, And like I said, um, there are so many benefits to living this way. Benefits for our family. Obviously, you all know I homeschool or we homeschool and I feel like there's just school lessons all the time from building chicken coops to fences to taking care of the animals to just there's so many things to finding all kinds of creatures on our property. We had a little snapping turtle the other day. We've had snakes. We've had, you know, things like that. There's an abundance of things for us to learn here. We have a little stream in the spring. It was loaded with tadpoles. I mean, I could go on and on about those kinds of lessons, Um, but Honestly, the um, 
just the beauty of being surrounded by God's creation and being able to point to God all the time and say, you know, look how amazing he is. Look at what he's created. For me, that's one of the wonderful benefits of living here. How about you? Um, I would say that when I'm working with the boys and doing things in the yard, nothing um, shows them how important their school is in learning things than me saying to them, I need to put, you know, posts up here, so I have to have five across the span, you know, what's 10 divided by five, and they can do it, and they can see how that applies to real life situations. Rather than on a boring worksheet. Yeah, so, you know, when they're writing it down, and they're like, oh, this is nothing, this means nothing, because I'm just answering a question, um, when they see it applied to a real life situation, and how that's going to work in their life, then it makes a difference, because they see it, and they see it working. Yes, there's just so many benefits educationally and just, um, you know, but aside from that and spiritually, but aside from that, just the family uh, time or the way that we are doing things together, you know, um, I've said it before and I'll say it again, but we're like our own little clique. We're our own peeps over here. You know, we, we're like a team. We do things together and, um, you know, everybody has a part and it's just a great, in my eyes, a great way to raise a family. And I am beyond thankful that we get to raise our family this way. And also when we were doing the farm stand and showing the kids, you know, we're going to sit out there and the one day it was so hot and my son was like, oh, I don't want to sit out there in the heat. And we're like, well, but this is what we're doing. We're giving. We're giving to others, and we're sacrificing a little bit. And um, even for me, you know, I know I speak at conventions and things like that, but I'm actually an introvert, and um, I, it's not comfortable for me to just talk to strangers one-on-one like that. So I remember the one day my son was sitting out there, and the first time somebody pulled up and, you know, wanted veggies, and they're talking to him, and I'm in the house, and I'm like, well, I'll just let him talk. He's doing a great job out there talking. And then I said to my daughter, no, that's not a good idea. First of all, I should not just let him out there alone with this stranger. I should go out there. But second of all, I knew that the reason we were doing this was not just to give food away, but to connect with people. And it took me out of my comfort zone. But I went out there and I chatted with the man for a long time. And when it was over, it was such a blessing because it it was me getting over that uncomfortableness because God wants us to do that sometimes. He wants us out of our comfort zone. And it was me just realizing that there's a beautiful thing when you can connect with people in your community. And I am so grateful for that experience. There's so many experiences that I am grateful for um, living here. And I could go on and on. But overall, like I said, it's the family time. It's the working together. It's just peaceful. It's so quiet at night here. You hear nothing except coyotes sometimes and lots of frogs and things like that or bugs. But it's so incredibly peaceful to wake up in the morning and to go outside. It's like a worship time. You sit on the deck and the birds are singing all their songs like crazy and that's all you hear and it's just it brings you closer to God at least for me it does and to just sit in that stillness where you don't have the hustle and bustle surrounding you it's not loud you're not hearing car horns honking and people and it's just a really peaceful setting and I am so grateful for it and 
there's no better prayer time than when I'm out there watering the garden in the morning. Or I know Steve is the one who goes out real early with the chickens and does all that stuff. But isn't it like a nice time when you go out yeah, and it's, it's so quiet. quiet? Sometimes it's a little too quiet. It makes me nervous. Oh, no, really? You didn't tell me that. Oh, sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes Should I, I be go scared? Out, sometimes I go out and the guineas are quiet, which is uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. abnormal. If and anyone out there doesn't know what a guinea is, they're like, they look like a turkey and they sound like a very loud... They yeah, just they say, squawk they all the time. Buckwheat. 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 So anyway, but they're hysterical and they're fun. At 6.30 in the morning, all the guineas were missing the one morning, and I was standing in the woods <laughs> making buckwheat noises. Something you never the, thought you'd do. And the kids across the street probably were waiting for the bus, like, Hearing thinking this like, that guy's a lunatic yes. over there. But I didn't want our guineas to get lost, so... So anyway, that's a little glimpse of life here on Love's Farm, how we have gone from suburbia to hobby farm. And I'm not, we're not quite real farmers, but yes, it's a hobby farm. It's fun. Um, we are learning as we go. We are loving life out here. You can follow me on Instagram. My uh, name is Simply Living for Him on there. And you can see lots of pictures, probably too many, of ducks and chickens and things like that. And you can obviously follow the Facebook page for Simply Living for Him. But there's also a Facebook page for Love's Farm. So you can find that on uh, Facebook as well. And we also, like I said, have a website for Love's Farm, loves.farm. And, um, you know, I'm always writing about living the simple life. And this is part of that. So I write about it a lot. So today we just wanted to give you a glimpse. Um, if you have questions, please feel free. Steve would be happy to answer them because I'm not really the knowledgeable one on all that stuff. But if you have questions, um, feel free to send them in and we can answer them as best as we can. We have uh, done some videos showing our garden on, on the live video on Facebook. So if you go back into my videos on Facebook, you can see we've done tours of the farm and the gardens. I even have a video on there of the amazing chicken coop and our egg catcher that Steve made. Yeah. And if anyone out there is farming like the real deal. Like you're a like, real farmer. And you can share secrets with me or want to have me over your house to show <laughs> me how to do things. Like if you do aquaponics we'll and you're really trip. good at it, I'll oh, come yeah, to your house. Yeah, we can talk about the aquaponics. And we can and you can show me all about it because I'm always learning and I love to learn. Yes, he does. That would like if it can save me time and I can do things better. Then that's right. that's amazing. Because we're not experts at this by any means. But Steve did start doing aquaponics this year. You can also see more about that as well in the Facebook videos. Um, so if you are out there, you're either a farmer or a wannabe farmer like us, we want to hear from you. Share your tips, share your experiences, continue the conversation over on Facebook and let us know what you're doing. Is this a dream of yours or you just think we're crazy? Uh, <laughs> And we'll continue the conversation. Also, just a reminder, there are early bird tickets for our Simply Living for Him Ladies Weekend next summer in July 2017 um, at the Lodges at Gettysburg. There are early bird tickets available just until December. So if you're planning on coming, please register early so that you can get that low rate before the prices go up. Right now, we're already at about one third of where we were last year 
for attendees. So if you don't want to be put on a waiting list, please register early so we make sure we have enough space for everybody. You can find all the information about the retreat, which is the most amazing experience. It was probably the highlight of my summer. Um, you can find all that information on the simplylivingforhim.com website and also on the Facebook page as well. Do you have anything else to say about hobby farming before we go? You look no, like no, you have no, something no. to say. I just, I, I just I want to do the outro. Oh, okay. He's, is that what it's called? Technically an outro? I, 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 that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> All right. Steve would like to do the outro. Go ahead. It's, uh, wait, wait. She's Karen and I'm Steve and we'll see you next time. Wishing you blessings and joy. That's it, right? <laughs> that's it. That's the blessings and joy. All right. Thank you. See you next, or uh, you'll listen to us next time. Bye.